Welcome to episode 13 of Advanced Scout, your favorite podcast about clutch baseball, a card game that's actually a board game about a ball game. I'm Paul Seely, manager of the Fed Wheezy Fusion. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that Clutch has a Discord, and it is awesome. Chat about the game, play games, check out cool team building resources, share photos of yourself at the ballpark, and more. Come join us. A link to the Discord will be in the description of this podcast. Okay, so I have a bone to pick with these so-called billionaire owners of baseball teams. Okay, today is opening day, and there have been like five different games that have been postponed because of weather. Now, here's my thinking. We live in the year of 2022, and if I want to watch baseball, dang it, you should let me watch baseball. You should prepare for things like rain, snow. These are things that regularly happen. And you know what you can do? We have invented this thing called a roof. It protects you against those things. As far as I know, we have had roofs for possibly thousands of years, probably, right? At least a couple thousand. I'm sure in ancient you know, Greece they had roofs, right? So it's been at least like three or four thousand years since we invented the roof. You would think we could make one on our baseball stadiums. And, you know, I get it. Like, you like the idea of us playing outside and, you know, it's daylight and it's an outdoor game and all that. Well, guess what? We have this thing. It's called a retractable roof. It means you can have it open when the weather's good and you can have it closed when the weather's bad. I don't understand how you make billions of dollars all the time and you can't put a retractable roof on the stadium so that way people who want to consume your product can do so. It's really not that complicated. Like, I understand that, like, oh, you know, I guess we won't make any money off of it. But, I don't know, maybe you'd make more money if people knew when they were buying a ticket that they'd actually get to go to the game. Even if not, it's just really annoying that today is opening day, I want to watch a lot of baseball, and multiple games are postponed for stuff that is very easy to predict. It's not like there was a hurricane that tore up the whole stadium. It was raining. It was snowing. I mean, yeah, that is something that is entirely predictable and very fixable. But... Enough about my rant. Let's talk today about stadiums. Not in MLB, though I wish every stadium did have a retractable roof, but in clutch baseball. My general principle regarding stadiums in the past has been don't pay too much attention to them. Build your team, pick a stadium from there, tweak a little bit on the margins for the stadium, but don't cater your whole build to your stadium. Because one... Your stadium, you only get to play in half the time. And two, there are going to be certain players that are so valuable, you shouldn't ignore them for a player from a, from your home stadium, even if that player sucks. Um, the value from having a good player is more important. Now, as I've talked about in the past episode, that value is a lot lower between player to player. There aren't such a thing as a player who's just like, 20% better than another player. So that part of the equation is not true. However, some of those things are still true. You still do only get to play at your park half the time. You still need to make sure you have a good team construction. You know, it doesn't matter if you have all Los Angeles A players. If you roster Otani and Mike Trout and a bunch of other expensive guys then you're not going to have any points for your other guys, and you're going to have a bad team, right? So you need to have a good team first. And so I'm going to talk about these stadiums and what they do and how you want to build towards them. And the fact that I'm doing that at all is a pretty good indication that my opinion on stadiums has changed a little bit. I do think you should build towards stadiums. But you need to build towards stadiums within reason. And so what I will discuss is what those within reasons are. 
I'll talk about how important it is to have a home team player, how important it is to adhere to the stadium effect, and you know my general process has been make a good team, pick a stadium for it, and tweak a little on the margins. I think my process will likely be similar, but I will be willing to tweak a bit more so long as I don't actually sacrifice like team construction. But I'll be willing to exchange players a lot more willingly than I would in the last set. So let's get started. Alphabetically, our first stadium is Arizona. Main effect for Arizona is the offense may draw one card each time the defense brings in a new pitcher. The offensive effect is plus two to the swing for the first at bat after your opponent changes pitchers. That's if the first batter is an Arizona batter. And if your new pitcher is an Arizona pitcher, add one to their command for each card you have in your hand. This effect is up to three. Every effect in here will be up to three, just going forward. Um, I think this is a really interesting stadium. I think the way you build the stadium is fairly straightforward. If you have the stadium, you want to have starting pitchers. You want to have pitchers that stay in the game for a long time. And if you do bring pitchers in, you would prefer they be Arizona pitchers. So my primary concern with this, uh, as far as like how I would be building my first priority is having good, long starting pitchers. Um, those are pretty easy to point out who they are. I would want pitchers who don't walk because I want pitchers who are going to stay in the game and keep their innings. And I want my lineups to be either really good at getting walks. That would be something I would at least slightly favor. I would be at least okay with an Arizona hitter. I wouldn't go out of my way for one, mainly because your opponent gets to choose who to bring in a new pitcher against sometimes, and they're probably not going to choose the Arizona player. Like, it's not nothing, but it's close. And I would probably be less scared of having a lineup that is a little easier to counter with a reliever. I wouldn't want to have just four righties in a row, but if I had two righties and then two lefties, I wouldn't feel quite so nervous about that in Arizona, just because you do get to punish people for playing matchups a lot. I think it's a pretty straightforward one on how you want to play that. I think, you know, drawing a card when your opponent brings in a new pitcher I think is pretty interesting. A lot of it is a meta call, right? So you are betting that people are going to have reliever-based teams. And that might be the right call. I don't know. Um, but that's a lot of what you're going for there. Let's move on to Atlanta. Once per half inning, the offense may draw one card after an extra base hit. If an Atlanta hitter hits the extra base hit, your opponent must discard one card after you draw for the stadium. If you have an Atlanta pitcher who gets the base hit hit off of them, your opponent must discard one card after they draw for the stadium. So this is a pretty straightforward stadium as well. Like, you want guys who can hit doubles, triples, and home runs. You are probably going to want to spend more on offense on average Mainly because if you have a team that is 3,000 points and your opponent has a lineup that's 3,000 points and both of you are going to hit a similar amount of doubles, that's not a net gain for you. So you're probably not... I mean, you never want to go 4,000 on offense. That's like... I've very rarely seen that work. I, I don't think that's going to work. But like maybe you go 3,200, 3,300 and get some really high doubles, guys. Maybe that works. Um, and what's interesting is you're going to have to choose. Do you want doubles guys who have really high on base and have some doubles? 
Or do you want doubles guys who have low on base, but have like a 12 or 13 double? That's kind of a meta call, right? Uh, if I was building, I'd probably want to have a little bit of both just to split the difference, right? Because if you're going to face really good pitchers, you would rather have the higher on base. If you're going to face bad pitchers, you'd rather have the lower on base and ability to capitalize on mistakes. So it's kind of, you know, a medical on that part. Um, forcing discards is what the team effects do. I wouldn't consider that very valuable, period, because, like, it's nice. It can be annoying, but you also don't really get to choose when it happens. So discarding cards can be nice if you choose to do it at a time where they have a small amount of cards in their hand and you know that what they have is good. When it's something like this, you don't really get to decide when it happens. So sometimes it's going to be good. Sometimes your opponent is just going to choose to discard something they couldn't use anyway, and it's not that good. It's nice, but, you know, if you're using it as a tiebreaker, fine, but I'm not going to go out of my way to have Atlanta players just because. Um, if you could discard at random, that would be a better effect. Um, we don't do effects like that largely because that's tough in an online format, um, but... Yeah, um, when your opponent gets to choose, it's not amazing. Let's talk about Baltimore. Plus one to the command if the bases are empty and the score is either tied or the defense is losing. For Baltimore players, you get plus one to the swing on the batter's chart. And for Baltimore pitchers, you may draw one card if a Baltimore pitcher pitches the entire half inning without giving up a walk or a hit. So, this is interesting. Um, bases being empty kind of makes me want to have more risky pitchers. Because, you know, a 1-3x pitcher who has higher command because of that is more likely going to have... Base is empty, but is also more likely going to give up the bomb, right? And there's nothing wrong with having that kind of pitcher. So, yeah, that, that could work in, in Baltimore. I'm not going to make all of my pitchers like that because you're going to need pitchers who aren't like that for different kinds of lineups. So I'm not going to make my whole team like that. But, you know, maybe you lean a little heavier in that direction. Um, the other part of this is that the, def the score has to be tied or the defense is losing. And so that means you need to be losing to get the effect. Um, so if you want to build towards this kind of stadium, you probably want to have bad starters and better relievers. Because if you have a bad starter, you'll fall behind early, and your good relievers will kind of keep you in the game until you score some runs. That's kind of how you want to play the stadium. Um, it's a little tricky to play that way. It was a lot easier last set because relievers are really good. Uh, they're still decent now, but not amazing. So you are going to have to manage that pretty carefully. Next, let's go to Boston. Plus one to the picture's X zone. Of note, there is no limit to an X zone. If you have a Boston hitter, plus one to the swing when a mistake pitch is rolled. If you have a Boston pitcher, minus one to power die swings during clutch moments. So, pretty obvious what this does. Um, as far as how you want to roster pitchers, I don't know if it matters a ton, because plus one to the mistake range is the same on every pitcher. It's going to be the same net effect no matter who your pitcher is, um, as long as it's the same batter. So... As far as your pitchers are concerned, I would place literally zero value in the stadium effect when I'm choosing pitchers. I would just throw the best ones, worry about it later. If you want the Boston relievers for clutch moments, that makes sense, right? Because a reliever is more likely to pitch in a clutch moment than a starter. So maybe you want a Boston reliever or two for that stadium effect 
You just got to make sure you balance whatever those pitchers are and have other kinds of pitchers in the bullpen. For the hitters, you want players who will capitalize on mistakes. So generally that means players with good charts and lower on base. So that is going to be interesting. I, I don't think I'm going to recommend having your whole team look like that because... Again, that kind of paints you into a corner as far as like, okay, certain kinds of pitchers you're going to do great, and some are just going to destroy you. And so, in general, I think you would just lean in that direction. Um, do you want a Boston hitter or two? You know, I guess. Like, might as well. I, I'm not going to actively prioritize one, but, you know, if you need a certain kind of hitter and one fits, great. Take it. Um, I'm not going to reshape my whole lineup to fit a Boston hitter in if it means the lineup's going to suck. So I think how I would tend to build is higher up, I would probably want guys with at least some on base and good charts. And just lower down in the lineup, I would just want like as much power as I can is probably what I would do. Uh, which is kind of how I built a lot last set. So I think you would probably do that just to take advantage of the mistakes. Um, as far as pitching, I don't. It, it affects every pitcher the exact same. I'm not going to worry about it. Let's talk about Chicago A. After successfully advancing an extra base, the offense may shuffle any number of cards from their hand back into their deck and then draw the same number of cards. If... It's a Chicago A base runner who advanced an extra base. You may draw one additional card. If a Chicago A pitcher is pitching, then your opponent may un only shuffle their entire hand back into their deck. So this is fairly simple. You want players with good base running. So, you know, cards like hit and run are going to be nice here. Cards like Heads Up Play are going to be nice here because those are advancing extra bases, even if they're automatic. Um, stuff like Stealing does not count as an extra base. So you're going to want guys with good base running. And I think that's not difficult to come by by any means. Um, I think I love Tim Anderson as a card, and he has great, like, great base running. So you're probably almost certainly having him in this stadium. Um, I think as far as having home team players, I mean, an extra draw is nice. So, you know, if you have a spot where a Chicago A player would work, go for it. I'm not going to say it's so good. You have to do it. And for pitching, I mean, it's fine. It's a little restrictive. You know, you force them to, oh, well, you can only shuffle your hand. Um, but I would guess if you have the stadium, you're probably building towards more defense anyway to avoid those extra base advancements. So I don't really think I'm going to emphasize Chicago A pitchers very much. Chicago N. After a pitcher's chart fly ball, subtract one from the next swing on the bat on the pitcher's chart this half inning. For a Chicago N hitter, plus two to their on base after a pitcher's chart fly ball result from the previous at bat. So, if a Chicago N hitter comes up and the last at bat was a pitcher's chart fly ball, they get plus one on base. On defense. If you have a Chicago N pitcher, you may draw a card if you have two pitcher's chart fly balls in one half inning. So, I mean, this is also pretty easy. Have fly ball pitchers. Um, notably, this does not include line drives. This is only fly balls. And I am going to prioritize pitcher's chart fly balls over any other thing as far as the stadium goes. I probably don't want an entire team of really high command, high pitcher's chart fly ball guys. 
but I probably want my fair share of them. I probably want the vast majority of my starters to be that way, since I don't get to pick who they face anyway. I probably want my bullpen to be more balanced, but lean that way. If there are Chicago wind pitchers that fit, then great. If there's not, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, it's nice, but the most important thing is getting the primary. Chicago and batters, I mean, fine. If, if they work, you know, great. Um, I'm not going to have any strategy around, oh, let me make sure I get on the pitcher's chart. I, I just, that, you're, that's playing too cute. Um, if you have a spot and a Chicago end player fits perfectly, great. If it fits pretty good, maybe you do it and you kind of adjust as you go. Cincinnati. All R-plus and L-plus handedness bonuses increase by one when there is at least one base runner in scoring position. Players with no handedness bonus are not affected. Cincinnati batters, plus one to their on-base instead of adding to their handedness bonus. Cincinnati pitchers, plus one to their command instead of adding to their handedness bonus. So if you have a Cincinnati player and they have no handedness bonus they still get an advantage from being in the stadium. Uh, I think this is really powerful in the right manager's hands. Um, I think it's going to be kind of difficult. There are a lot of players with handedness bonuses, and you could definitely make good use out of them. But it also means you have to build a lineup that works with those bonuses. Like, if you have a lineup that's all R plus hitters, that's not going to work great when your opponent just brings in a bunch of lefty relievers. So you need to have a good lineup that works that way. So yeah, you can have Cincinnati hitters that work, but you need to prioritize having a lineup that's actually going to give you those handedness bonuses. You also need a lineup that's going to get people in scoring position. So you got to have some offense. Maybe that means you prioritize stealing a little bit because that's an easy way to get into scoring position, and you can kind of choose to do that when you can activate the stadium in a good situation for you. It might mean you want more doubles. It could be a lot of different things. Um, I would make sure I have a lineup that works with having different kinds of Handedness bonuses back to back, and I would try to have some kind of handedness bonus on most of my pitchers, and probably prioritize relievers more than starters because relievers you get to play those handedness bonuses more. Colorado. Once per inning, after a defensive throw against a base runner attempting to advance on a ground ball, you may discard one card to have the defense re-roll the defensive throw. For Colorado base runners, plus one to the base running base, plus one to their base running rating on a defensive throw. On a re-rolled defensive throw. For Colorado pitchers, plus one to the defensive rating of one involved Colorado fielder. Actually, no, of one involved fielder, if you have a Colorado pitcher, on the re-roll defensive throw. So, playing for this is pretty simple. You want guys with good base running. You want players with good feel fielding. You, I guess, want pitchers with low ground balls, but, like, I don't think that's really going to matter. And you'll take Colorado players, but... You don't have to have them. I think that's about it. Um, it's a very niche situation, but re-rolling a defensive throw is a really powerful effect. And so that's why we only reserved it for something that's kind of narrow in focus. But you could definitely piss people off by advancing on ground balls all the time. I could definitely see that. Detroit. After each of the first two sacrifice bunts of a half inning, the infield and pitcher make a defensive check. If it fails, the batter is safe at first base and all other runners advance one base. For Detroit players, you may draw one card if the defensive check fails. For Detroit pitchers, you may draw one card if the defensive check succeeds. So, 
obviously, if you're running this kind of stadium, you want bad hitters. Um, whether that's because you're running stars and scrubs, or because you're running good pitchers don't have a lot of points for hitters, you are going to want some amount of bad hitters to make sacrifice bunts. But you also want hitters to be on base so that you can do sacrifice bunts. So that's kind of how I would play that. Drawing a card if it if the stadium works is pretty good. Um, mainly because you get to choose. So I would really care more about having Detroit hitters than Detroit pitchers because a Detroit hitter, you get to choose how often you make the sack bunts. Detroit pitcher, you don't get to choose. So if there's a Detroit hitter that works in the lineup you're making, I would definitely try to get him in there. I'm not going to force him in there, but if there's one that works for sure, like you can have pretty good odds, but like you also don't want the hitter to be too good because you're not going to want to sacrifice with a too good of a hitter, so it's kind of tricky. Houston, when the offense chooses to bring in a pinch hitter, add one to their on base and one to the swing. For Houston batters, plus one additional to their on base and swing. Houston pitchers, minus one to the swing. Uh, if you're trying to pinch hit a Houston batter, you're probably spending too many points on a pinch hitter, so probably not going to do that. I think Houston relievers make a lot of sense uh, because that's probably who you're pinching against. So if you expect a pinch hitter in a certain situation, you can kind of throw the Houston reliever in. Again, don't want to like mess with the overall composition of the bullpen, but like if you can fit one or two in there, I think that works. I think if you can have good pinch hitters in Houston, that makes sense to do. I wouldn't advise spending 400, 500 points on your bench just so you have pinch hitters. But if you have some that are going to work, you know, that works. Like, you know, maybe you have a cheap platoon. Maybe you have somebody who's a good pinch hitter versus righties and your starting catcher sucks, right? And you have that pinch hitter and a backup catcher ready. Um, something like that would be what Houston is for. You don't. Don't run a 600-point bench and expect to have a good time. Please don't. Kansas City. Minus one to the swing when there is at least one base runner in scoring position. Kansas City batters may change a single into a may change a walk into a single result. Kansas City pitchers have minus one additional to the swing on the pitcher's chart. So this is interesting. Um Basically, it all revolves around having a base runner in scoring position. So, for Kansas City, you kind of, if you're offense, you kind of don't want runners in scoring position. But, if you're defense, you do want runners in scoring position. So, you kind of want probably more boomer bust hitters. And more, um, like, singles but no mistakes pitchers is probably what you would want. Um, it's not easy to just do that. So again, don't modify your whole team to be like that, but maybe you just lean a little heavier in that direction. Um, Kansas city batters. It's a pretty solid effect because if you have a runner in scoring position and you hit a single, pretty good chance you're sending that person home, especially if you have a lot of Kansas city hitters, cause they're pretty fast. Um, Kansas City pitchers, if you're building for the stadium, you probably have high command, lower out pitchers, which if you're a Kansas City pitcher, that's pretty solid to have minus one on the pitcher's chart. Los Angeles A, plus two to the batters on base if they are from the same team as the base runner on second base. Offensive effect. If both of the players are from Los Angeles A, your base runner on second base automatically scores on a single. If both the pitcher and the catcher are Los Angeles A, minus two to the sway. This is kind of a really interesting one for flavor. The way I would recommend running this is not to go all Los Angeles A players because you are severely restricting yourself and inevitably going to have 
places where your team construction is not great other than the fact that you have the home stadium bonus. What I would tend to recommend doing, if you're being really careful, is to find pairs or maybe three of a team to put in the lineup. So maybe you have hitters like your two and your four hitter are from the same team, your three and your five hitter, your five and your seven or something like that, right? I think you would much rather do that than all from the one team. I think that actually gives you a pretty decent chance to have plus two of the benders on base if you have a runner on second. I don't, you know, I'd have to play around with this to see how often that actually happens, but I feel like if you constructed your lineup perfectly, you probably could get that to work. Advancing automatically to home on a single is nice. Um, the pitcher-catcher bonus is actually fairly easy because you just have to roster one Los Angeles A catcher, which that's one player, which works, right? And you can use that player to work with the offense too. And you just roster some LAA pitchers. I think that's more likely going to work for the starters since they're pitching most of the time anyway. And because you don't get to choose the mashups for the starters, you can kind of just pick whatever you want. And it's more of like, well, let's hope it works out. Maybe you make a meta call and you pick the right kinds of pitchers. So I think that actually works out fairly well. Um, but that also only works when the primary is working, which is when your opponent has a runner on second and a runner at home from the same team or not a runner at home, a batter from the same team. So I would say, yeah, I guess you probably just run an LAA catcher because why as well? And you probably have some LAA pitchers because you might as well, but don't expect to get that effect too often. Los Angeles N. Once per inning, you may discard one card before the pitch to add your pitcher's clutch to their command if you're on defense or subtract the pitcher's clutch from your on base on offense and add the batter's clutch to the swing. If you have a Los Angeles N hitter, you may choose to just subtract the pitcher's clutch or just add the batter's clutch. If you have a Los Angeles N pitcher, you may choose to just add the pitcher's clutch or just add the batter's clutch. So, basically, the a positive clutch pitcher will add to their command if you're on defense. So maybe you have positive clutch, like you're probably going to want to build this with positive clutch players, right? So if you have a positive clutch pitcher, they're plus three, you discard a card. Now they, now they have plus three command. You have a positive clutch batter. That plus three is going to under their swing. If your opponent has a negative clutch pitcher, then you're getting you know, if they have a minus two pitcher, you get plus two to your on base. So that's kind of how the stadium works. It's a little wordy, but it works. And so as far as being able to choose, if you have Los Angeles and players, that's nice. Um, it means you get to avoid some of your opponent's positive clutch plays. So that part's good. So I would definitely try to have some Los Angeles end players. Like, they're definitely good. Um, it means you don't have to worry about them being negative clutch if that happens. Because you get to make a choice there. So, I mean, Los Angeles end hitters are going to be good, so you're probably not going to get that many options. Like, you can't just roster all of them. So, you know, pick your spots, but you probably want them on your best hitters. Right, because your your top hitters and your lineup are going to get the most opportunities with runners in scoring position, high leverage situations, and that's when you're going to want to use the stadium. So, you know, maybe you want Max Muncy and Trey Turner. Okay, that's going to be like your two best hitters, but that would work. Um, so something like that. And just in general, you want to have good clutch. I don't think you have to have positive clutch all the way through your pitching staff. 
because it's still only a once per inning effect, and it's something that you really only have to do um, a certain amount, right? You only you don't have to use this effect. Your opponent can only abuse it so much. So I think it works. Um, you don't have to. I think you would want to lean towards positive clutch, but you don't have to have complete positive clutch. Miami. Once per inning, after a natural 1 or 20 swing was rolled with the regular die, you may choose to have the offense re-roll it. If you have a Miami hitter, plus 1 to the re-rolled swing. If you have a Miami pitcher, minus 1 to the re-rolled swing. This one's really interesting. I think the way you build this is you want pitchers with natural doubles, with a 20 double, so that you can re-roll those. And you want hitters who don't home run on 20 who home run on either 19 or 21. Um, I think those are actually big enough parameters that you can field a pretty good team that's well-constructed if you fit all of those parameters. I don't think that's too difficult to do. And so I would probably just recommend running with that, with Miami. Um because you don't have to have all 21 plus homers or all 19 plus homers, you can still have your 21 plus homers in the leadoff spot and you can still have your 18 or 19 plus homers in the cleanup spot. So you still have flexibility to make a diverse lineup. It's just that you probably want to avoid the 20 plus homer guys. And I think that's a big enough range of people that you don't have to worry about sacrificing team composition for it. Having Miami players would be nice if you can get them in there. If you can't, I don't think it's the end of the world, but it's nice. Milwaukee. For the first batter that a pitcher faces, the swing is rolled with the regular die unless a mistake pitch was, unless a mistake pitch was rolled or the pitcher is tired. If you have a Milwaukee batter... If you play a strategy card that triggers a power die, add plus two to your on-base instead. If you have a Milwaukee pitcher, that your opponent cannot modify the swing, period. Um, this is an interesting one. I think it's going to be really tough to make this one work. Because basically you have to build a bullpen-oriented team. And you need to be able to bring in those bullpen guys in high-leverage situations. So, because if you're bringing a bullpen guy in, you know, the top of the inning, the first batter is probably not using the power die. That would be a fairly dumb decision for someone to do. But when you have runners in scoring position, there's two outs, you probably need to bring in a new pitcher so your opponent can't use the power die. It also requires you to kind of read the hands of your opponent to see if you think you can guess when they have power die. So... A little bit of that is, is going to be on the manager to kind of control. Um, and that also means that when you're playing at home, you have to hope your opponent even decked power dies to begin with. Now, if they didn't, that's probably a net win for you anyway. But, you know, if they did, then you kind of have to hope you can play with it. Um As far as having Milwaukee players, again, like... I'm not going to, you know, having like Josh Hader, even though I think he's kind of cursed, is probably a good idea. Um, you probably want at least one or two Milwaukee relievers to bring in during like the super high leverage situations, right? Um, so that would be nice because that's when you're probably bringing in your stopper anyway. So might as well have that stopper be from Milwaukee. They got good relievers. You can do that. Um, Milwaukee pitchers, I mean, or Milwaukee hitters, I, I mean, I guess you can. Um, I don't think it's really that important at all. Um, it's a cool effect that, like, you still can kind of circumvent the stadium a little bit, but probably not that hard to play around. Um, so, like, yeah, if you, if you can fit one and you're already going to have one in there or you have a player that's really similar anyway, like, sure, go for it. Minnesota, once per inning, before the swing, you may add the batter's clutch to a power die swing. Offensive effect, if you have a Minnesota hitter, you may draw one card if the result is a hit. 
Um, defensive effect. If you have a Minnesota pitcher, you may draw one card if the result is a pitcher's chart out. So, um, this is pretty powerful, right? Um, the difficulty is that it's pretty narrow, right? Because it's only power die swings. So, even though we do have a lot of power die swings in the current meta, that's still not all of your at-bats. You can't guarantee you're going to have a power die swing at any particular time, for the most part. So, you're going to have to kind of roll with it occasionally, where, okay, this isn't like the most ideal situation, but I'm going to do it. So, that's going to kind of be your discretion to play. Um, and you can play this on offense or defense, right? So, if your opponent has a negative three clutch batter and you're rolling a stake, you can make that minus three to the swing. Um, so you can kind of play around with that. Um, as far as having Minnesota players, I definitely think Minnesota hitters are going to be good here because that's what you have the most control over, right? You can control that you have Minnesota players with positive clutch who are going to get hits from the stadium. You can control how many power die cards you deck. You cannot control your opponent having negative clutch hitters to use the stadium against. So a Minnesota pitcher is nice. You can have some, but it's not going to be nearly as reliable of a secondary effect as Minnesota batters. New York A. After a walk, add one to the next batters on base. If you have a New York A hitter, plus one to the swing if the next at-bat is a clutch moment. So if a New York A hitter is walked, plus one to the swing of the next batter if it's a clutch moment. If you have a New York A pitcher, minus one to the next swing if the next at-bat is a clutch moment. Um, this is very interesting. I think a lot of this stadium is a meta call, right? Because the value of walks a lot of times is tiring out pitchers, which usually means tiring out starters. So if this is a reliever-dominant meta, walks are not quite as good as they would normally be. If it's a starter-heavy meta, they're better than they normally would be. So I think to a certain extent, that's a meta call. But also, walks allow you to have slower players because they can't advance on a single, or at least they're less likely to advance on a single. So that's some element of kind of point saving. So I think what you would do is have batters with a lot of walks and probably a lot of home runs, because that's how you score from walks most of the time. Um, I definitely think you want the New York A players where you can, but first priority is having walks. Second priority is having New York A players with walks. Um, New York A pitchers, you probably want some relievers because they're most likely to face the clutch moments. But otherwise, I'm not going to go out of my way. New York N, plus two to all base running ratings. For a New York N base runner, plus one additional to their base running rating. For a New York N pitcher, roll all defensive throws with the power die. Very simple stadium. If you imagine yourself base running a lot, you want the stadium. So if you have a team that's focused on singles and high base running, this is a great stadium for you. If you have a stadium with pitchers who don't give up singles, who have a lot of walks, or have pretty good defense to where that base running rating won't help quite as much, then this might be the stadium for you. NYN players are decent. Plus one additional is not bad. Um, rolling defensive throws of the power die is not bad. It's not so good that you got to rush out and get them, but if you can fit them in there and it doesn't disrupt your team, go for it. Oakland. Once per half inning, the offense may attempt to steal base versus only the catcher's defense. For Oakland base runners, you may draw a card if you successfully stole the base. For Oakland pitchers, you may draw a card if the base runner is thrown out. 
So, the priority is having good base dealers, obviously, and having Oakland good base dealers is a plus, but obviously you got to have good base dealers in the first place. I don't think I would build my team to have all good base dealers everywhere, because that's really restrictive, but I would probably try to spread them out a little bit, so that once per half inning... I might have a decent shot at a batter having an opportunity. And you want a good catcher. Um, Something of note in 2022 is that catcher's defense now goes up to 12, and pitcher's defense only goes up to 3. So stealing does, and stealing goes up to 25. So this effect is less good than it has been in previous years, since you're only getting rid of a maximum of 3. But it can be helpful. So that's kind of what you would take the stadium for. Philadelphia. After a ground ball double play, the defense chooses to either draw one card or have the offense discard one card. For a Philadelphia batter, you get to make the choice of them drawing or you discarding. So if a Philadelphia player is involved in a double play you still have to either have them draw or you discard, but you get to make the choice instead of them. If you have a Philadelphia pitcher, you may choose to draw two cards and discard one card instead. So you get one extra card and discard one. So, pretty straightforward stadium. You're going to want ground ball pitchers. You are going to want good defense. You... I think the Philadelphia base runner part is actually pretty good um, because oftentimes you discarding is a much better effect than them drawing because you you often have a card to discard that's worse than the average card in your deck, so it's worth discarding to stop a draw. The pitcher's effect is nice. You can take it. Don't go out of your way. Don't have a bad team to take it, but if you got a spot or two, you got a guy who's going to fit in there anyway, go for it. And yeah, the most important thing is ground balls. Uh, Double plays are harder now than they were before because base running, the floor is higher. Instead of a zero, the minimum is 11. So you're going to get fewer double plays. Uh, You just have to keep that in mind. But you're still going to get some if you have some double plays and you have a good defense. Um, You're going to get some. Pittsburgh, minus one to the swing when the pitch is greater than 20. So a reminder that pitch is the roll on the dice, plus your command, plus anything you've added to your command. So this is really interesting. Um, The pitcher, the Pittsburgh hitter effect is if you get a hit with that minus one to the swing. So remember... This is this batter effect is only going to be when you're on the pitcher's chart and you have minus one to the swing. But if you get a hit, add one to the next batter's on base. If it was a pitcher, Pittsburgh hitter who got the hit. If it's a defensive effect, for if you have a defensive, if you have a pitcher from Pittsburgh, all pitchers chart extra base hits are one higher. So not only do you get minus one to the swing, extra base hits are one higher. So it's almost like a minus one and a half sort of. So. Obviously, the favor here is high command, low outs, right? Because that's going to mean more likely you proc the stadium. I'm not going to super prioritize Pittsburgh hitters because the chances of getting a pitcher's chart hit when you have minus one to the swing is not great. But I mean, you know, if you you already got a guy, you can interchange a guy easily that still has the same team composition, sure. Pitcher, Pittsburgh pitchers, pretty solid. Like, a lot of the fear with a high command, low out pitcher is often, you know, one if he has plus two to the swing and I give up a 22 double, right? Or even if you get a 20 double, right? You know, if you have a natural double, that minus one to the swing means you can't get that 20 double. And even if he has a plus one to the swing, you can't get that 20 double. So it is pretty nice. I'm not going to go out of my way for it. And I probably am not going to go out of my way to make sure all of my pitchers are high command low outs. I would just 
lean heavily in that direction, but make sure to have some other guys too. San Diego. Add the pitcher's clutch to their command if positive, or subtract the pitcher's clutch from the batter's on base if negative, and add the batter's clutch to the swing if both players are from the same team. If you have a San Diego hitter, only add positive clutch. If you are if you have a San Diego pitcher, only add positive clutch. Right? Same thing. Same both sides. So basically, if there's a San Diego pitcher and a San Diego batter, if the San Diego pitcher has plus three clutch, that gets added to their command. If they have minus three clutch, that becomes plus three to the on base of the batter. And the batter's clutch is either plus three or minus three to the swing. So it doesn't have to be San Diego players for that. It could be any team. So this is interesting because you're, again, metagaming here. What players do you think people are going to play? Do those players have negative clutch? What are pitchers I can roster that can use the stadium against them? I think that's pretty nice. Um, It's fun. I think with a smaller set, that's even easier to predict than before. So I would be like, hmm, uh, I would be looking at some of the prominent negative three hitters you suspect you will see and have some pitchers for those, especially in the bullpen, because you get to make those decisions, you know, case by case with the lineup. And yeah, same thing with the other side. If you expect some minus three clutch pitchers, have some batters to target those, Um, you know, within reason, have a good team construction, but you can kind of try to at least pick your spots with that a little bit. San Francisco, minus one to the pitcher's X zone, minimum X zone one. Offensive effect, if you have a San Francisco batter, plus one to the swing if the pitch roll was within the pitcher's printed X zone. You have a San Francisco pitcher, plus one to their command during clutch moments. So an important thing to note is that, unlike the positive X zone stadium, there is a minimum X zone of one. So if you have a one X zone pitcher, they do not get a benefit from the primary effect. So I would actually consider that important enough to just not roster one X zone pitchers. Might be one or two in the bullpen, but general, I just wouldn't. Um, and if you are getting rid of X mistake pitches, that means you want players who probably have higher on base can get on their own charts more often because you aren't going to be able to rely on mistakes. Do you want San Francisco hitters? I mean, it's nice, I guess. Right? A plus one to the swing occasionally. Okay. A San Francisco pitcher, pretty good. Um, relievers especially, because all clutch moments you get plus one command. That's really good. So I would definitely want some San Francisco relievers. I would want as many of them as I can, pretty much straight up, um, as long as you can fit them into a good team. San Francisco, I think you just go all in on that. Yeah, I think that's San Francisco. Seattle. Once per inning, you may subtract the batter's clutch from the pitcher's command on defense or add the batter's clutch to their on base on offense. So if you have a plus three clutch batter, then you are adding three to your on base. If your opponent has a negative three clutch batter, then you are adding plus three to your command. Um, offensive effect, for if you have a Seattle hitter, your opponent must discard one card to use this effect. If you have a Seattle pitcher, your opponent must discard one card to use this effect. So this is playing around with clutch. You definitely want to build some clutch in there. Um, I think this is pretty straightforward. Um, you don't have to have all positive clutch, but the more positive clutch you have, the more likely you're going to be able to use this stadium um, at the right moment. So, I mean, this only affects batters, right? So you're going to want positive clutch batters, and who cares about your pitchers? So I think that's nice. Forcing discards with Seattle players is fine, but as I've talked about before, that's not the most powerful effect when you don't necessarily get to choose when it happens. It's a little bit better in this case, just because you can choose when to use the stadium. Um, 
but both of the player effects are when your opponent uses the stadium. So it actually doesn't matter because you don't get to choose. They're choosing to do it when they have a card that they're okay with discarding. St. Louis. Once per inning, before the swing, you may subtract the pitcher's clutch from a power dice swing. Only negative clutch for tired pitchers. St. Louis hitters, your opponent must discard one card to use this effect. St. Louis pitchers, your opponent must discard one card to use this effect. So, pretty straightforward. It's a power dice swing only, but it is before the swing. So, it's pretty good. Um, you would want good pitcher's clutch, obviously. Uh, you can't cheat tiredness by like, oh, it's a power dice swing. I'm going to subtract my positive three clutch. I can't do that. And so, yeah, you're going to want good uh, good clutch pitchers. You probably don't need to have all good clutch pitchers because you you're going to pitch on the road, too. Um, there's no guarantee that you're going to see a lot of opponents with power dice swings in the first place. You know, if you have all plus three pitchers, your opponent's probably not decking any power dice swings. Um, at least I wouldn't. Which, in itself, is kind of a win, but also you're paying a lot for that positive clutch. And you can't rely on your opponent having bad clutch pitchers. So, you know, I think you want to build towards that, but not so much that you're spending tons on it. Having St. Louis players, again, your opponent gets to choose when they discard. So it's it's fine. Not great. Tampa Bay. Plus one to the pitcher's command after a strikeout outcome during this half inning. Tampa Bay hitters, you may discard one card to change a batter's chart strikeout into a walk. Tampa Bay pitchers, you may draw one card after their second strikeout this half inning. This one's really interesting. Um, obviously, this is the place for your strikeout pitchers. And you're going to want to have strikeout pitchers. It doesn't really cost you anything to have a bunch of strikeout pitchers. Um, you don't lose anything in your team building, right? You don't lose diversity of being able to face different kinds of hitters. It's all the same, right? And outs and outs. So you want the strikeouts. And if you have lots of strikeouts, you probably are okay with lower fielding. So that's a plus. Um, and you are probably good with some Tampa Bay strikeout pitchers. Uh, they have them. So you're probably going to have some of those. Um, Tampa Bay hitters are interesting. Uh, you would want Tampa Bay hitters with high on base and reasonably high strikeouts, which is kind of a niche combo, but I guess you could go for that. Um, nothing crazy. Like, it's nice if you can get it. And that's pretty straightforward. Like, get the strikeout pitchers, have some fun. Texas. Once per half inning before the pitch, the defense may subtract from the swing the number equal to the amount of cards in their hand. Maximum minus three swing. For Texas batters, your opponent must discard one card to use this effect. For Texas pitchers, you may use the number of cards in your opponent's hand instead. So this one's interesting because a lot of this stadium is determined by how you build your deck, right? If your deck has more situational cards, you're going to have your hand filled a bit more. If your deck has a lot of easy-to-play cards, it's going to be emptier. And you can change that game to game. So to a certain extent, what your team build is doesn't totally matter. But it does matter a little bit. Because you want to build your team to be able to use some of those situational cards. And you want them to be cards you would use otherwise, right? So you're not just going to deck a situational card just because. But if you were already going to deck Climbing the Wall, maybe you get a plus five Gold Glove Center Fielder. Because that's a good card that can stick in your hand. And that kind of works with that effect. Um, I, you don't have to have good pitchers for this, because minus three to the swing is minus three to the swing. You don't have to have a specific kind of pitcher for that to be good. Um, I do think Texas pitchers, Texas hitters are good here. Um, it, it, you know, I've talked about how forcing your opponent to discard isn't very good, because they get to choose, 
right? But it actually works here because discarding a card makes the primary power worse, right? If you have three cards in your hand, you have to discard one. That's now a minus two swing instead of a minus three swing. So I would say you probably want, you know, it's not too difficult to put a Texas hitter or two in your high leverage spots in your order just to have that for you. I think that's a pretty good idea. Having Texas pitchers is nice. Um, the tricky thing is if you're facing a good player, your opponent is probably going to keep in mind who you have pitching. You know, so if you have a Texas starter pitching, they're probably going to limit the number of cards in their hand. If you don't have a Texas starter pitching, they're probably going to try to use the primary just like you can. So it's a little tricky for that to work properly. Um, it's nice. I would definitely play around with it. It is nice that you get to kind of force your deck, your opponent's deck a little bit. So if you want your opponent to build their deck in a certain way, that's definitely a good option to consider. Toronto. After a half inning in which you scored, you may draw one card or have your opponent discard one card. For a Toronto hitter, if they score to run this inning, you may draw two cards and discard one card instead. For a Toronto pitcher, you get to make the choice of them drawing or you discarding. So, pretty straightforward. Um, with Toronto, the important thing here is that you get to use it just as often as your opponent does, right? If you score runs as much as your opponent does, you get a net zero benefit. So, yeah, you probably want to tend to lean heavier on offense because that means there are going to be times where you just get rallies and every inning you're drawing a card. But, in general, this is about net runs here, right? So, Toronto isn't a stadium where you have to build a 4K offense. Because if you build a 4K offense, you're going to give up a lot of runs too. And your net cards are going to be lower than you think. So, keep that in mind when you're building. Um... You probably want to lean a little bit into offense. You maybe lean a little bit more into home runs because home runs tend to be the way you get and it like home runs in single amounts. Usually, if you have a lot of contact hitters, you're getting like rallies going, right? So if you're getting a lot of rallies going, you still only get one card for a rally. But if you hit a solo home run every couple innings, you draw a card each time. So that's probably how you do that. Not a huge deal. Having the Toronto players, again, it's fine. If you, if you, you know, put them in there and they don't mess with anything, then good. If not, I'm more worried about the primary working out. Washington. After a successful defensive throw... The defense may shuffle any number of cards from their hand back into their deck and then draw the same number of cards. For Washington hitters, your opponent may only shuffle their entire hand back into their deck. For Washington pitchers, you may draw one additional card when shuffling. So, if you're building around throws, then you probably want good defense. And what's interesting here is in previous sets, I would say, you don't want too good defense because then your opponent will never run. But because base running is higher, there are probably going to be times that your opponent is going to run no matter what. Um, even a minimum speed hitter is likely to run with two outs going home. So, actually, I think you just want good defense. Um, I think that actually works. And... There's not a lot you can do to control defensive throws. Like, you can't force your opponent to try and advance extra bases. So, it's a little tricky in that sense, because you're basically relying on your opponent to make the stadium work for you. As far as your team is concerned, I guess you probably want slower hitters, because you won't be advancing as much, probably. Or you want fast hitters, because... 
you still want to advance and you want them to be unsuccessful. So I think you probably just pick one. And I'm not too worried about having Washington players. The pitcher's effect is fine. Um, drawing an additional card when shuffling is cool, but again, you you know, you don't get to control when that happens. Um, Washington hitters are decent because if you can force your opponent to only be able to shuffle their entire hand, it's not as big of a penalty if you get thrown out as a Washington base runner. So that's it. That's all the stadiums. Uh, my general thoughts are there's a lot of cool stuff to build around. I would tend to build much more towards the primary than the secondaries in almost all situations. I mo Sometimes, for a few stadiums, I'm willing to build a lot because it's not going to impact my ability to build a good overall team composition. Some stadiums... I am not going to advocate for building too much around because you want to make sure you have a good team composition first and foremost. So that's all our stadiums. I hope you enjoyed this part of our preseason lookout at the new set. Next episode, we will be talking about the new strategy and coaches cards. And the important thing is hopefully... If my house has a retractable roof, the next episode will not be rained out.